In Luke, the 17th chapter, in verse number 32, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. You know, this is one of the shortest verses in the Bible, yet it contains so much for us. It gives us warning against complacency. It warns us against failing to be obedient. And it warns us against uh, looking back. And it shows us that no sin is too small. The statement Jesus made, remember Lot's wife, was spoken in the context of the impending doom of of destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus was warning his disciples when they saw the signs of this coming doom or this uh, destruction. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophets, he said, stand in the holy place. He says, flee to the mountains. He says, don't come down off the rooftop and go in your house and take anything with you. He says, get out. And then he summed it up and he said, remember Lot's wife. If you remember in the book of Genesis chapters 18 through 19, there are some events recorded that led up to the destruction uh, and the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham was told that Sodom and Gomorrah, because of their great wickedness, was going to be destroyed. In Genesis 18 and verse 20, There we go. Mashed the wrong button. <clears throat> In Genesis 18, verse 20 through 21. And the Lord said, because of the uh, cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. And because of their sin is very grievous. I will, come, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according uh, to the cry of it. Which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. Abraham pleaded on behalf of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of his nephew Lot and his family. But there was not even ten righteous souls that could be found in the city. And God said because of that he was going to destroy it. However, he did have mercy upon Lot and his family. And they were set outside of the city. Now God gave them two commandments. He says, flee into the mountains and don't look back. We know the story how Lot's wife and the whole family began to flee, but Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. I believe that there are several lessons that we can learn this morning about what Jesus was talking about. There were things that uh, sometimes that we don't stop to think about. Jesus was telling his disciples, think about what happened to Lot's wife. And I want to list a few things and talk about them just for a few minutes. 
Number one, she perished even though she was the wife of a righteous man. In 2 Peter, the second chapter, beginning with verse number seven, the apostle Peter said, and delivered just Lot vexed with, his, with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, uh, uh, seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. You know, the Apostle Peter was talking about referring back to Sodom and Gomorrah, and he talked about Lot being a righteous man. And it was vexing his soul, all this uh, evil. But my point is, the Bible says he was a righteous man. I believe that his family tried to be righteous. However, the point I want to make is that even though she was righteous, or a righteous person, even though she was married to a righteous man, this did not save her. This did not keep her from suffering the consequences of disobedience. You know, that attitude, and I don't have that slide on me, but in John the 8th chapter in verse number 33, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and he said, talk to them about the truth, making them, making them free. And they said, we have, father to our, uh, uh, have Abraham to our father. We were never in bondage to any man. Their attitude was, here's Abraham. He was righteous. He followed God. Therefore, we're his descendants. You know, I'm afraid too many times that we can deceive ourselves to think that we are associated with righteous people, that we have a family that is righteous, and fail to remember that we're going to stand or fall on our own. Just because that we, of our heritage, we will not be saved by that. In Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, this discussion about righteousness and unrighteousness and what's going to happen, he says, yet you say, why, why doth not the Son bear the iniquity of the Father? When the Son hath done that which is lawful, and right, and hath kept all my statutes, and hath done them, he shall surely live. Then he says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither uh, shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon them. All through Scripture, it teaches that we cannot depend on salvation from others. The only salvation we can depend on is that of Jesus and his blood. But as far as our heritage, that's not going to happen. In Amos, the sixth chapter, in verse number one, the Bible says, Warn to them that are at ease in Zion, and trust in the mountains of Samaria, 
which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. He's addressing this same issue, that of feeling comfortable. And I guess really what we're talking about is complacency. Here they were, they were in this secure location in the mountains of uh, Samaria. Uh, they were really surrounded and protected. And he says, you've trusted in those. He says, you've become lazy. You've become comfortable. You're not paying attention. He says, you're at ease in Zion. He says, be careful, woe unto you. Because whenever you get complacent, what usually follows, well, what follows, is disaster. Anytime we draw, uh, let our guard down, we ask for problems. Complacency is dangerous. It is very deceptive. It gives us a false sense of security. And we become at ease. But be assured the Bible does not bear out the thought that our heritage will save us. It did not save Lot. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. The Apostle Paul told Timothy to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. He says, we're going to have to study to see whether we're pleasing to God or not. In Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. The second point, Lot's wife perished even though she was righteous. And we referred to that earlier. She was spared from the initial destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah because she was righteous and she found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God had mercy on them and on their righteousness. However, her righteousness did not give her a license to sin. We cannot be like Lot's wife having escaped the defilements of the world, being translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, and losing our focus, becoming complacent, letting our guard down, and look back at what the world has to offer. In Hebrews 2 verse 1, the writer says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. In Revelation 2 verse 10, Jesus says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. We cannot afford to be complacent. We cannot let our guard down. You know, in Ezekiel, the 18th chapter we, we talked about earlier, he goes on down and he says, he was uh, conversing with the, the children of Israel. And he says, you say, I'm not fair. You says, my ways are not fair. But he says, your ways are not fair. 
He says, my ways are fair. He says, if the wicked will turn from their way and will do that which is right, all the wickedness that he has done shall not be mentioned. At the end of time, when it, if he has lived, turned and lived a righteous life, he said all the wickedness he's done will not be mentioned. But he says, on the other hand, you have the righteous, and if they turn from their righteousness and do that which is wicked, all the, uh, the good things that they had done, all their righteousness, at the end of time, will not be mentioned. He said, my ways are fair. God said, the soul that sinneth, it will die. Unresolved sin will bring about death. Number three, she perished although she was warned to flee. It is not enough to know what God wants us to do, but we're going to have to obey. Obedience must follow knowledge. Jesus said in Luke 6 and verse 46, And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? The Apostle James said in James 1, 22, But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, uh, deceiving your own selves. And then he says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, it is sin. Isn't that what God said? The soul that sinneth, it will die. Number three. I'm, I'm sorry, I jumped the gun just a little bit. Jesus said, uh, talked about uh, being obedient. In, Ma in Matthew 7, he said, Those that hear my sayings and do them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon this, uh, the uh, rock. He says, The storms of life came, the winds blew, they beat upon that house, and it didn't fall because it was founded upon a rock. But he says, The... Uh, those that hear his sayings and don't do them, it's like unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sands. He says, the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. What did God say? The soul that sins, it will die. You know, it's going to be sad if we stand before God on the day of judgment condemned no, because like Lot's wife we knew all along what to do to avoid it yet we failed to be obedient number four she perished although her sin seemed small in Romans 6 verse 23 the apostle Paul says the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord You know, what she did, looking back, seemed really harmless to the mankind. We cannot see that that was that bad a, a thing that happened. We realize that that was probably a natural response because she had family back there at Sodom and Gomorrah that did not flee with them. She was, had family that she was going to lose. The lesson for us is that God does not categorize sin. 
Man does categorize sin. They say they're not. They, people say we don't categorize sin. We realize that all sin is transgression of the law. All sin will uh, bring about death. But then we turn around in the next breath and say, well, that sin was worse. No doubt there are some sins that consequences are, are worse. But as far as God is concerned, he does not categorize sin. He says the wages of sin is death. You know, we understand this concept in our everyday day life. You rob a bank, you get caught, you go to jail. Very simple. That's what the Apostle Paul said. The wages of sin is death. You, uh, you sin, it's what God said, you sin and you die. Number five, she perished although that she was separated from Sodom. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, the Apostle Paul said, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. You know, we, uh, this concept of being separated, this did not save her. Just because she was uh, set outside the city, that did not save her. You remember the empty house? The parable of it? This man cleaned up his life. He got rid of everything. It says that the, uh, his house was swept and garnished. It was cleaned out. The problem was he did not fill it with anything. And because of that, it says uh, the evil spirit returned. And he found the house that was swept and garnished. It was cleaned out. The Bible says he took seven spirits more wicked than himself and entered back into that man. And the end result was that he was worse off than he was in the beginning. Even though a person may leave the world, be translated into the kingdom of God's dear son, be assured that we still can be overtaken in sin. In 2 Peter 1, beginning with verse number 5, the Apostle Peter gives us a formula for success. He says, and besides this, giving all diligence. He says, pay attention. Watch what you're doing. He says, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. To patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Then he says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful uh, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Now, the apostle Peter, he outlined what's going to be, make us successful. 
what's going to give us this uh, deliverance that we need. And he spells it out here. We need to add these things to our life. When we add these things to our life and we implement, implement them in our lives, and we give diligence to make sure that we're doing these things, he, he said the end result is going to be you're not going to fall. That was uh, Lot's wife's problem. She didn't give the diligence. She did not realize uh, how bad it could be. It was a small sin. She had been separated from Sodom. She was married to a righteous man. She herself was righteous. Surely that would be enough. But obedience to God was left out of the mix. Lot's wife should serve as a, a warning to each one of us. She was spared from that awful destruction. And I'm sure it was hard to do what God said. We find it hard to do what God has prescribed for us to do today. We made mention that she had family back there at Sodom that was going to be destroyed with the rest of the people. More than likely, that was a deciding factor for her looking back that drew her attention back uh, to the uh, plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. However, there was no room for complacency. We must give diligence to make our calling and election sure, even if our family doesn't. Jesus said, anyone that loves family more than me it's not worthy of me. Complacency will produce a longing uh, for the things of the world. Initial separation from the world and that lifestyle is definitely necessary. But complacency will produce those longings that can draw us back uh, into temptation. It can entangle us again uh, in the world once again. The Apostle Peter, Second Peter 2, verse 20 through 22 says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse uh, with them than the beginning. Now notice what he says. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after having known the way, uh, after having known it, to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. He said it would have been better off for them to not ever known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turned away from it. What about Lot's wife? She was righteous. But when she sinned, she turned from that righteousness. When she was disobedient to God, she turned from that righteousness. And the end result was destruction. <coughs> In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse number 38, the Bible says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, 
my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Jesus said in Luke, the ninth chapter, verse 62, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Folks, whenever we make this commitment to live faithful to God, and if we look back with the longings for what the world has to offer, he says that we're not fit for the kingdom of God. And be it known, we will not inherit the kingdom. Do you think God meant what he said? He told Lot and his family, he says, you flee to the mountains. And you don't look back. The scripture tells us that one day the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. One day that's coming. God has given us two commandments that will save us from destruction. One of those is to obey the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, beginning with verse number 1, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. If you keep in memory that I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he, was, uh, uh, he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Obeying the gospel is simple. Those that believe in Jesus is the Son of God and are willing to confess his name before men those that are willing to repent from their past sins and obey from the heart that form of doctrine, that form of doctrine, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the reenactment of the resurrection, and are willing to be baptized for the remission of sins, which is the spiritual reenactment of the physical death and resurrection of Jesus. <coughs> In Romans, the sixth chapter, verse number three, Paul says, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we, also, uh, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We should not serve sin. In baptism, we contact the, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood is the only thing that's going to save us. That's the only thing that's going to cl uh, cleanse us from our sins, that we can stand justified before God. Obedience 
to the gospel, he says is important. Because he said Jesus is going to come again. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that know not God and that obey not the gospel. The second thing he said that we are going to have to live faithful unto death. The Apostle Paul said, give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. We cannot become complacent. We cannot look back to the world. We're going to have to give earnest heed. We're going to have to be devoted. We're going to have to be dedicated. And we're going to have to remember what's going to save us. If we lose sight of that, if we let it slip, we're in trouble. But you know, we read about Jesus coming again and destroying those that obeyed not the gospel. Notice what he says later down in the, in the verses. He shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired by them that believe in that day. He said in that day, those that have lived faithful, those that have been obedient, those that have been dedicated, those that have given attention to their life, that have made it a priority, he says that when Jesus comes, he's going to be glorified in his saints. You have two, two alternatives. You can be destroyed for lack of obedience or you can glorify God by living faithful you know if you could talk to Lot's wife this morning what do you think that she would tell you what do you think she would have to say about complacency what do you think she would have to say about being disobedient to God? What would she say about her sin? That she still thought it was small? And that there would be no punishment for it? What do you think she would tell you about looking back? You know, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Very simple, folks. The blood of Christ will cleanse us if we're walking in the light. But if we're not walking in the light, we do not have the blood. But we have access to that blood. Being obedient to God. You know, we should, each one, strive to be among the redeemed. We all want that. Jesus provided a way. We do not want to be among those that vengeance is going to be taken on because we don't know God and because we have not been obedient to him. We want to be those that are going to glorify God because of our obedience. The choice is yours this morning. Are you following Jesus? 
Have you become a part of his family? If you haven't, you will be among those that uh, when Jesus comes again, vengeance is going to be taken upon you. If you have not been obedient. Lot's wife was righteous, but it didn't save her. When she disobeyed God, it did not save her. But Lot and his two daughters, they were faithful. And they pressed on without looking back. And they received the war reward. Their life was spared. If we can be of help to you this morning, if you have a spiritual need in your life, would you come as we stand and sing this morning? <laughs>